So we're back, and this time we, we, we were not gone. No, just <laughs> we were not gone for selfish reasons. It wasn't because I was out shooting, and it wasn't because I well, there was a holiday thing, right? Which holiday thing? Did we, no, we recorded that. No, we yeah. had a show. We did. We did a Thanksgiving. How many shows show? have we done? Like, Is this our third? In total, or <laughs> for this month, or what are you talking about? Yeah, total. Is total. Third I think show? we're on like fifty something. We're in the fifties now. Wow, we I can't fifty shows. Any of them? That's I cool. Know. No, um, last week we here down here, and this is an excellent segue into uh, preparation. Mm-hmm. But we down here in Dallas, Fort Worth, in the middle of Texas, were iced. In. We had an ice storm. Well, well we're almost like northeastern Texas, not the middle, but no, it's the middle because if you measure, um, if you because you have to include the panhandle mm-hmm. in the total area, mm-hmm. and that skews it to us. Mm. No, we're not in the middle. We're mm. in the north Texas, northeastern. Yeah, that's why you could have just so, let it go. People, anyway, people don't know where we're at. Yeah. Texas is huge. <laughs> it is pretty big. So. <laughs> So we were iced in. Iced we, in. We, Inches of ice. People only, were ice skating outside. And only half of us bothered to uh, try to make it to the, our studio location. So how's your uh, vehicle doing? So that was – that was okay. So I drive – I don't drive a truck, okay? And I tell Scott – I don't drive a four-wheel drive vehicle. I say, Scott, don't go in. Just stay home. He replies, I know girls that are going into work. <laughs> they were here. I was already here. So, when you texted me, that, oh, by the okay. way, I, I, was, I had been here. So, yeah, schools were canceled, everything was closed, but uh, some of us came in, anywho. Yeah, but uh, so you but, don't drive a four by four or a truck. I drive a, I drive a, I drive a, a car. <laughs> I drive a car. I drive a sedan. But, I drive a rear wheel drive V eight powered sedan <laughs> without uh, a limited slip differential. So it's got a, what they call an open differential. But it has a snow button. But it has a snow button, and okay. that's all it needs. So um, how was your drive-in? It was fine. Hardly any slipping whatsoever. I did drive too fast at one point, you know, kind of messing around. And uh, the car beeped at me, which is evidently a sign of you're driving too fast. Stupid. So you had no... It was really bumpy because uh... there was a lot of ice on the highway. And there was, there was like, crusty snow sleet on top of the ice. So they, you had traction. But it was really, really – it was like driving on the surface of the moon. It was bad. I haven't been right. on roads that bad since I lived in Abilene, okay? <laughs> it was it was awful. And he means that is in just – that's the general yeah. uh, road condition. So for 15 miles on my drive-in, it was like driving on the surface of the moon. It was awful. And now my car has its awful rattle coming from the front end that I'm going to have to pay to fix, I'm sure. I'm sure it won't be cheap either. It never is. It's always four to six hundred dollars. Scott, can we talk about guns now? I mean, this isn't the car show podcast. So what gun for is that name taken? What? Nothing. No. <laughs> what gun As of What tonight, gun for winter op couple So that's why we didn't record a show. That so was what, my point. We were iced in. We were iced in. So let's talk about being prepared for Let's talk about being, being iced in. Because I ran out of because I came to work, but then uh, that was a Friday. We first got iced in. So, but most of us knew it was coming. So some most people prepared stayed in. on Thursday, and, and I stayed in Saturday and Sunday. Did you prepare on Thursday? Mm. Did you go to the store? See, thinking, that's that's my I point. Might run out of eggs. I might run out of milk. See, no, I ran out of. See, you can live without eggs and milk, right? Yes, yes. No, I ran out of coffee, toilet paper, and dog food. <laughs> You you can almost live without the dog food if you don't mind feeding your dog the eggs, <laughs> right? But you can't live without coffee or toilet paper, or it's very difficult. I you should can say. live without both, but yes, it no, is you difficult. Can't. No, I can't. It's no fun. <laughs> You're constantly washing your hands. We um, thawed, <laughs> yeah, because no coffee. We thawed out the uh, the Sunday afternoon, and I was able to make a run to the grocery store with every other human on the planet, right? <laughs> But, to get to, to restock the coffee and the important things. But one thing that I wanted to bring up is that when you went, uh, how were the shelves? Were they fully stocked? I mean, was you know what? Anything? The only thing missing was the the bread shelf was empty. Okay. And the chips. Well, that's strange. The potato chip shelf Just was kind of empty. Everyone wanting snacks, I guess. Everything else was fully stocked. From what I said, fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, fresh meat. Everything looked fine. Well, on weird in preparing for 
the snowpocalypse or whatever ice ice apocalypse apocalypse 2013 dfw so having i could be a professional announcer for the the news when they come up when they show the trucks driving around and they go no okay no maybe you could i think your voice is a little too high pitched for that so anyway um (laughs) i think that what the problem is is that people think to themselves i can just go to the store right in the you know in the event that something catastrophic right. happens. And I suppose I could have walked in the ice if uh, you really couldn't but drive But what I, I want to talk it. about, though, is I want to talk about the fact that that's what everybody else does. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, there was a co-worker of mine who said he went to the grocery store probably around the same time I did. Only his grocery store, I guess, had been more ransacked yes. than mine. And there was ladies yelling at the people behind the deli counter to bring to restock the shelves. And, and, you know, just like anything else, the lady didn't understand that there's no magical food in the back. Somebody has to bring the food. And if the trucks can't get to the grocery store, you don't get anything on the shelf, even though you can get to the grocery store. And like you said, we see it all the time in uh, in times of uh, disaster, real disaster, hurricanes, tornadoes, those sorts of things. The shelves at the at the hardware stores run out of plywood they run out of mm-hmm. um, generators they run out of all the stuff that you probably should have already had and uh, when I went to the store on I think it was Monday I, I was still stocked up but I kind of wanted a few little sure extras I guess Whatever. you know yeah. more beer yeah. Um, and so went did to they the, have some yeah oh so God. yeah went to the store and everything was picked over I mean there was yeah. there was Literally, there was no milk. There was yeah. no eggs. I mean, most um, most meats were just completely sure, wiped out. Sure. Uh, now our shell, our 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 uh, chip aisle was completely filled. Oh, but, so you had chips and we didn't. Yeah, That's and weird. so it was kind of a mixture huh. of what was there, what wasn't there. Um, <clears throat> but I think about this. We we were snowed in, and and I was thinking to myself, I would really like some rum and coke. I could walk right to the store if I wanted to, but that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Because Cause you're lazy? No, it wasn't because I was lazy, but because there were too many people in my life that, that cared about my safety. <laughs> they, in other words, you'd have never heard the end of it if you'd have gone? They didn't want me to go. <laughs> so I'm sitting there racking my they brain. I'm so frustrated. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, come on, come on, come on. It dawned on me. There's a Coke machine Did they have by rum the pool. In the Coke machine? I had the rum. That, I didn't oh, have the Coke. Coca-Cola. Well, you could have mixed it with... You could have mixed it with ice, <laughs> snow, whatever. Nah. So anyway, went down there and grabbed some Cokes from there. But that's What if everybody thing. else had? What if everybody exactly. else had? And, and you know what? On my way down there, I was saying, this could be completely wiped yeah. out. There may not sure. be anything may not be one soda left to that sucker. But apparently no one thought to go out there and get it because there was no... There was no the snow wasn't disturbed or anything, so no one had actually oh, gone wow. and gotten anything. That's interesting. Maybe they were all prepared. Maybe they all had sodas. Maybe. Now here's a thing that I'd like to point out. This was a minor inconvenience for most of us. Like you said, you didn't have Coke to go with your rum, right? Because I prepared. Now I know I, know, I right. watched the Facebook post. Oh, don't have any milk. Don't have any eggs. Right. Don't have this. Don't oh, have really? that. Or a picture of a of, of their refrigerator that's literally almost empty. Or a picture of their pantry that's like just all it's in there. But pasta. I do my shopping on Fridays. But yeah. I can't get to the grocery store on Friday. I can't go on exactly. Friday. Now here's the thing, though. Most of us plan for, and we're talking about planning for like the snowocalypse, right? If you're stuck inside for weeks at a time, or we're talking about planning for um, tornadoes, or you know, the end of the world as we know it. You know, uh, having to put on our body armor and go defend our house and home, right? We talk about preparing for all sorts of stuff, but we don't talk about preparing for the things that have a very high likelihood of actually happening, right? We don't talk right. about you know, losing power for three days. There was a good chunk of people in the Metroplex that lost their power for three or four days. Not a lot. 30, yeah. 40,000 people. I lost That's power still... for five hours. See? And if, say, you didn't have any blankets, I don't know. I don't know how you would No, have you're right. What? No, no, no. Better to say the people that got stuck, there was a there was a family and, of course, other people that got stuck for 31, 31 hours on the highway. Wow. Because the 18-wheelers were blocking the roads and no one could go around them to wow. get where they were going. They, they were stuck on 20 between Cisco, Texas yeah. and Weatherford area for 
31 hours. Yeah, that would never happen to me, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no. Mm-mm. Unacceptable. I'm walking out. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd just walk. You'd be like, I'm going to die out there somewhere. Out. Yeah. You'll work up enough body heat walking out. Yeah. Now, um, so we talk about we talk about all these different preps, especially you and I and other gun nuts like to talk about you know zombie apocalypse or you know violent overthrow of a, uh, it's about a, the a tyrannical government. Yeah. yeah, we talk about the big things. But what about you know, like you said, being out of power for two or three days, or even better yet, uh, something that's probably the most common as far as disasters, uh, house fire. Ah, yeah. We don't talk a lot about that. We don't talk about preparing. You know, do you uh, once a year put new batteries in your bat in your right in your detectors, your fire, smoke, alarm or detector the, or thing, or the gas leaks? Oh yeah, check for gas like leaks. That. You know, have the gas man out once a year to check your systems. Do you? Do you have your carbon monoxide? Do you have a carbon updated? monoxide I mean, detector? Do you have? Um, something as simple as fire extinguishers in, you know, the kitchen and by the fireplace and, you know, wherever your furnace is or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever type of flame areas you have. Do you, do you have a plan? Have you talked to your family about what happens when the fire alarm goes off and they wake up and there's smoke? You know, where are the exits? What are the, where do you meet up? So, you know, everybody's alive. What, you know, what do you grab and go with? And you know one thing that's interesting about a house fire, though, is when the firemen show up, at least in Texas, they will ask you, do you have any guns in the house? Oh, really? Yes, I have guns. Do you have any guns that are loaded? Yes, I have guns that are loaded. All right, boys, he's got loaded guns. And they let it burn. <laughs> and that's the truth because it's too dangerous. That. It's too dangerous for firefighters or anyone to make entry into that sure. house. Cooking off aim, cooking off rounds is fine. No big deal. But when it's inside of a barrel and yeah. can be directed, it's just like pulling the trigger. Yeah, that's true. That's so they won't true. go in if you have stuff. So that's something to so think about, So if your house too. is on fire, unload the guns. Unload your guns. Yeah. Uh, stick your children in the safe and then grab the guns and – right? No? Other way around. Well, the, if the kids can't carry guns, they're useless to me. I yeah. don't need them anyways. <laughs> they can – no. Um. <laughs> I think that's true. I think you've actually said that on Facebook a time or two. <laughs> now, you know – so it's always good to have – we talk about bug out, right? But we talk about into the world bug out. Like I said, zombie apocalypse bug out. What about just what a about, fire bug what out? What about a one-week bug out? What How about, about a 30-second a... fire bug out? Yeah. What about if you have – if you live in a – I'm sure some of our listeners live in like the a wildfire area. Like if you live anywhere yeah. in California, evidently. Uh, <laughs> so say you live in a wildfire and now you have, you know, say a 24-hour period to pack up your car. How long? A 24-hour period. Wow, that's, and that's a long time. That's a long time, but you've only got the one car. You're not going to no, be able to I'm go down and get a rental. that's a long time for having a f- knowing there's a fire that's rolling true, in. That's I mean, true. You could be down to 8 to 12 let's hours. Call, yeah, let's call 12 hours. Say you get 12 hours when a fire might turn and might burn down your subdivision. But what if you're asleep for six of those hours? Well, now you if only you're have lazy, six hours. you should set your alarm. But what if the fire started at midnight and you wake up at 6? Now you're I'm down sure to six. I'm sure they knock on your door and tell you. You right? don't know. Do you? Do you know? I don't know. But for academic purposes, <laughs> let's say you got 12 hours, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe preparation is just taking a second to think about what we'd load up if we only had enough room in our car for whatever we're taking, and the rest, you know, you got to count on it, writing it off, it going away, it's burning. Right, it's going to be gone. You know, you take family photos, you take heirlooms, you take, I guess, your kids. <sighs> If they can carry guns, right, Scott? Right. Well, okay. you could put a handhold or something on the trunk because they can't yeah. go in the trunk. That's where the guns go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, now the say, guns go in the back seat. Say you take only the guns that have sentimental value to you, maybe a practical one or two, right? What ammo do you take? How much food do you take? Do you take food or where you're going is going to have food? You know, what kind of bug out is this? Is this the fire that I mentioned before? Or is this one of those we don't know if we're ever coming back to anywhere? What if it's a fire uh-huh. that is the start of the zombie apocalypse? What if it's a fire that's only going to be put out by Snowmageddon? What if Ooh, it's a fire that is only going to be put out by water? Wait, <laughs> what? What? I, or lack of oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Or lack of fuel. One of those. Yeah. Might work. So, anyways, I just wanted everybody out there to think about, you know, prepare for situations that maybe you'd see every day, you know. Have an extra cell phone maybe in your car in case you get in a wreck and your phone doesn't work. Or, you know, have it on a different network than the one that you have your primary cell phone on. So if you if you're one of those people that gets stuck out in the middle of nowhere with no cell reception, maybe your other phone works. I don't know. Right. Little stuff like that. It's the stuff we see all the time on the news and stuff we know that has happened to other people. 
let's take a second and prepare for that instead of the you know zombie apocalypse by building an ammo fort. Right. Well, I mean, the, zomb- the zombie apocalypse, like we've said many times before, is is really more of the gateway to to talk about the real issues, which is being prepared for a fire, being prepared for a tornado, sure. hurricanes, uh, being snowed in, being locked in where you can't go anywhere. See, I, I think they've missed that marketing. I think if we had zombie well, the fire sea- extinguishers, they'd sell more of them and more people would be prepared. Probably not. No? No. We talk to the marketing people, see what's going on with them. Yeah, they'll probably just laugh at us. They usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we, uh, we've got some official word from ATK okay. um, about 22 ammunition. Oh, why I can't find any? And why you can't find any. in my ammo fort. <laughs> so, uh, Scott, could you go ahead and read that? Sure. Let me see what we have here. Uh, <clears throat> and I quote, The current market and environment is causing stronger than usual demands for products in our industry. The current increase in demand is attributed to the civilian market. Our facilities operate 24 hours a day. We are continually making process improvements to increase our efficiency and investigating in capital and personal personnel. There it was. Where we have sustained demand. We are bringing additional capacity online again this year. That is all. Oh, come on. Here, here, here. That is all. So there it is. The, um, we're buying all their ammo. Didn't we say that like a year ago? Yeah, but I think we needed to say <laughs> we that. We said that a year but ago. But we had to say that for everyone that thinks that the government is... The government is not buying 22. But they're buying all of the components that are going no, to 22. No. no. Well, yes, but no. No, trust me. Every person, every person, every company that makes 22 is making it as fast as they can. 24 hours a day. You know, they probably got eight shifts They're going. adding more personnel. All sorts of nonsense. There's probably no lunch breaks. No, they, they have to let them have fun. No, no, it's no. I mean, no. I'm saying they have another team that is running Ooh, while they're on their lunch break. Team. Oh, they rotate lunch breaks. That's so what they I'm go saying. to the skeleton It's crew. never yeah. out. It's always running. So there you go. Yeah, so let's... Can we please calm down on the, you know, the tinfoil hat, you know, the government's buying all the ammo, the UN's buying all the ammo to invade America with black helicopters and blue helmets, you know, the zombies have eaten all the ammo manufacturers. Wait, that's not one, is it? (laughs) Maybe not. Not yet. We should start it. Soon. Hey, you know what I heard? (laughs) I heard zombies ate all the ammo manufacturers. Oh, no. Maybe that's why I can't get the ammo. We need some more zombie ammo, man. Yeah, we need that. If you don't have it, it's too late. We need zombie ammo. You can buy it from me, expensive. Well, um, out there today in the market, they are changing up guns, and they're not only changing them up by adding rails to them. Sure. Apparently, a company is coming out with these 1911 grips uh, by Recover Tactical, um, and they go over the top of the 1911. They actually kind of clamshell around the 1911, and it adds... some texturing, and it yes. also adds a rail system. Now, this is interesting. What what this is is it's 1911 grips that add a rail to your non-rail 1911. And brilliant. This, yeah, and this was designed by the same guy who designed who designed the uh, Tabor. Yeah. Right. So they're they're lightweight. Of course, they're plastic. Uh, they are cheap. The MSRP is 50 bucks. So I imagine the street price will be closer to 40. Um, like I said, it's 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 brilliant. It probably adds a little bulkiness to the pistol, but does it have to? Because they're going to sell so, a million. Of it's them. so slim. You probably take your grips off, yeah. oh, and yeah, you yeah, put yeah. it in place of those grips. So really, yeah. it's probably going to add some bulk to the trigger guard, I bet, and the front strap. But and that but could be really, and that could that's be really it. thin yeah. though. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too bad. I want to check these out uh, personally. Um, they come with a lifetime warranty. Hey, I tell you what, and it's uh, a lot cheaper than buying a Surefire adapter to put on your 1911. They also they only weigh 80 grams. And yeah, they, yeah, they're called the their CC3 uh, is the name of it, and it's going to be running for 50 bucks, like you said. Uh, and it adds 4.5 centimeter long rail to any 1911 pistol that does not have a rail. How many how many inches is that in centimeters? How many inches of that is that in centimeters? Yes. How many inches is that in centimeters? I know what I said. You could have just <laughs> okay, raised over it instead four, of pointing it out. It's 4.5 centimeters. How many inches is in that? In inches. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so speaking of 1911. It, it only takes three minutes to install. Speaking of three minutes, 
There's an there's an interesting video out there from a company called TACCON um, that tells us almost absolutely nothing about their next product except it's cool, and you can shoot fast with it. Yes. So this is called the TACCON 3MR. 3MR uh, trigger. Okay. I'd call it a I'd call it a TACCON 3MR uh, full auto trigger group drop in. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a drop in trigger group with a selector. Yes. Now, the biggest thing on this is the selector doohickey, instead of going from just safe oh. to fire, goes to the auto setting. Uh-oh. So, anyways, it, you know, it seems gimmicky. I'm going to hold off reservation for now. But switching over to the full auto, that just screams gimmicky to me. But a lot of people like that. I wish I could just switch over to full auto and still have single action. <laughs> I just wanted to go that extra click. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Well, you know what? If you just get a, go get an M16 selector and drop it in your AR-15, yes. it will go to the auto selector section. Right. And it'll be on safe. Oh, well, that's no fun. Well, I'm just saying you could show people that it goes to full auto and watch them freak but, out. But for $500, I can buy the TACCON 3MR. And it'll yeah, that's go the other thing. The auto. price on that's a bit high. But is it, though? I mean, with all the, the high-priced drop-in triggers out there these days, you know, $300, $400, the, is yeah. it really that high? Yes. <laughs> I yes. mean, they say that it you comes... You get a top-notch <clears throat> trigger for 250 bucks, right? But they say that it gives you a 4.5 match-grade... Uh, so does trigger. the $250 one. So does the $100 right. one. But the, the, the thing about this, which we're kind of glancing over here, is that this is – you know you remember the slide fire uh, stock? Sure, the bump fire. Okay. That's what this is. That's what this it's is. It's a bump fire trigger. It's a bump fire trigger, you know but it allows you to like? keep your same stock yeah. and setup. Well, what this does is, is, is in case anybody's as old as I am, they remember the Hellfire trigger? Anybody remember that one from back in the day? Yes. Okay. And what it was was a bump fire trigger. And as near as I can tell – this TACCON trigger, when you pull it to the full auto setting, or the what's normally the full auto setting, I should say, it it makes the trigger a bump-fired trigger like the old Hellfire. But like you said, you could switch it over to the regular fire, and it'd be a standard match-grade trigger. So it is kind of neat and innovative, but I don't know. I'm really going to have to test one out before I make my final judgment on this. Yeah, they started taking pre-orders back in December... One. Oh, I'm sure they're full but up. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think I have. The video is really good. The video is really good. You should really watch good. the video because it is cool. We'll post that video on our website. We'll I wanted find the that. trigger after watching the video. Uh, but they they are saying though that the third mode, the third mode, according to uh, I guess regulations, sure, is it has a positive reset characteristic. So yeah, it is I, actually resetting itself. That means yeah. that you could you have to pull the trigger again. Before it'll go off. Right. And and this is all speculation, of course. Nobody knows exactly what this is. All we know is what they told us, and we've seen nothing so far except their copy and speculation on the Internet. Because it looks like a Timney trigger. It looks like, a you know, the standard drop-in CMC slash Timney slash, you know, uh, AR Gold. Here. Yeah, whoever's trigger. POF has them now. Speaking of speculation on the Internet, I hear we have some listener questions. Uh, yeah, we're going to start off with a question from Nathan. Uh, he, hey, Nation, Mad Cushion. <laughs> Nation? Did I really do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Try it one more time. <clears throat> hey, Nathan. <laughs> Mad Cushy props and uh, virtual high five. Yeah. No, nah, he's probably just going to leave you hanging on that one. Yeah, I would. That wasn't, that wasn't good. So what did Nathan have to say? Nathan uh, asked, he said, uh, he wanted to know why I, uh, Martin, carry Q-tips in my range bag. For your ears. Because if you clean your ears before you put your foamies in, they don't come on all gunky. Yeah. <laughs> right? It? Right? Yeah. That's all I Is got. that why? That's all I use them for. He said, uh, Martin and Scott, do you ever take a cleaning kit or some other cleaning supplies? Uh, during Scott's Ooh. time with the scout group, shooting some uh, so many rounds. That was uh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you. He got us confused. Okay, yeah. yeah. So when okay. I was shooting so many rounds, um, I didn't mention that I cleaned my guns. Is there a uh, point where you would stop shooting for a field cleaning? Thanks, Nate. But let me let me add on to that. Sure. When you're at your shooting matches, yeah. how many rounds do you usually put downrange? 
depending on the match, you know, it runs from, you know, 88 a day to, you know, on the machine guns, <laughs> thousands. No, um, it runs from 88 a day to, you know, a couple hundred a day, depending on the match. Okay. It just depends and, and on. Do, how often do you clean? Do you clean every night? Do you nope. clean between shootings? Nope. Or? Uh, the only thing I clean is um, I lubricate the weapons every morning, no matter what I'm shooting. Uh, no matter you know what the conditions are, no matter how long it's clean, I take the gun apart in the morning, I lube up the lubrication points, put it back together. Um, and that seems I, I, I haven't had a malfunction, knock on wood, uh, yet. So that's, uh, that's what I do every morning. Now, as far as cleaning regimen is, I don't clean anything until it's really filthy or uh, unless it's proven it's needed to be cleaned on a regular schedule, okay, like okay. I have, we have some Mini 14 sniper rifles that do not like to be dirty. They shoot very large groups when they're dirty. They shoot very small groups when they're clean. So after, so you can go the whole day and they'll shoot fine. Right. But you try to go that second day and you're gonna have a bad day. Mm-hmm. So you clean those every night. So it's just that sort of thing. And as far as uh, competition, like I said, I've never had, I've gone 500 rounds with my match, uh, rifle, which is, you know, tight tolerances. It's an AR-15, so, you know, it's, it's supposed to be prone to jamming <laughs> when it's dirty. Mm-hmm. I've gone 500 rounds without any cleaning of that gun. And as long as I lubricate it, it runs. So there's not really a point where you have to clean unless there's a point where you have to clean. Does right. that make sense? Yes. I know it's vague. Yeah, and that's like that's why I keep the Q-tips. I keep them a lot of times. Uh, a lot of people out there say you don't need to clean it, just lube it. And I know I've shot a lot of guns, and I've shot a lot of rounds through a lot of guns and never had to clean it. I like to keep the Q-tips on hand because they, they're they easy to insert into the gas key, sure. and they're also easy to clean around the gas tube. And the lugs. Yeah, and where you get a lot the of car- lugs, where you yeah. get a lot of carbon buildup. I clean that with um, Q-tip when I do clean. So I just keep them with me because that's part of my normal cleaning regimen. Yeah, they're normal. Uh, the other reason I'll, I'll use them is when I'm cleaning my pistol or if I need to field strip it and clean it. Um, a lot of times the 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 rag I have in my bag uh-huh. is already dark and right. it's hard to see if I'm cleaning or if there's oh, anything if left. If it's actually clean. So I'll actually take a Q-tip and swipe it to to. Kind of like a white glove to see if it's dirty or not. Sure. Um, and I tell you what, we're talking about you were plinking and having fun. If I'm just in a plinking situation where I'm shooting, you know, I won't stop and clean unless something starts to malfunction. And that's and but I, and they, that makes exactly. Sense, yeah. But see, my range bag is also kind of my cleaning bag at the ah, same time. I see. Okay. So I already have them loaded up in there, and it's, so there's no difference between. Yeah. It, it's actually taking them out. Sure. Would be more of a headache. Yeah, um, my cleaning supplies stay at the house. That's where I clean my guns. I rarely ever need to clean them in the field. Um, well, I take with me Q-tips, sure. oil, okay. and then the cleaning rag. Oh, okay. So it's and and, and of course a multi-tool and sure. then a, a toolkit, you know, with flatheads and everything. Okay. So I have that with yeah. me. I just take the multi-tool, but okay. That makes sense. And oil. I, but, hey, I, oil. I use that. I take the, the toolkit because you never know. Like when we went to the shoot, that guy's rifle had oh, a true. complete malfunction, and we were using tools. Yeah, that, we needed tools then yeah, we to needed take other apart stuff. his gun. So I always have that because I, I run into helping people out or I want to help them or they need to get back into it. Sure. Here, use this while I continue sense. shooting. Now, when I took that um, church group out uh-huh. shooting and we put all those rounds through it, I never cleaned that twenty two. Right. I just kept lubing it. Oh, okay. So – the nice thing about what I had done, though, was when I had kept it so lubed yeah. that when I was done – and it'll spit the extra oil out. I sure. mean, it, you didn't want to stand near the ejection <laughs> port with a white shirt on. I can promise you that much. Well, um, it was filthy in the first place. It you wouldn't want to be near the filthy. thing at that point. But when uh, – all I kept doing was oiling it. But the nice thing is, is if you keep your stuff oiled well like that, by the time you get home, if they don't have a special finish on it – it just wipes off. Yeah, when you go to clean it. Nothing yeah. is built oh, yeah. up. There's no yeah. carbon stuck to it. It just it releases off of it. So, no, I did not clean it while I was shooting all those rounds. I just kept it well lubed. Now, I do have a shotgun I have to clean. I usually clean it after every range session because I found I like to go through on an extended range session. Uh, it's a semi-automatic shotgun. It's my Remington 1100. It's my three-gun shotgun. Um and what I've noticed is on an extended range session, which I will shoot 100 rounds through this thing, right, um, it will start getting a little finicky at the end, and it might see a malfunction at the end of that range session. So I know that shotgun is good for 100 rounds before I need to break it down and clean it. Or re-lube it, which I've never had to do because I was always at the end what of my range session. What shotgun is this? Remington 1100. 
Have you replaced the new ga- the the gasket? Yeah, it runs fine when it's once uh, in the beginning of the situation. But if you or, ke- or if I keep it's it, it's probably just that gasket. It could if be. I could need a flat, new. If it's worn flat, replace it, and you talking about the O ring? Yeah. yeah, the infamous O ring. Yeah, I need to buy some more though. Because I, I, I tell you, if it's flat or it's got any issues, that's you have to clean it. You, if it's clean, it runs. If it's not clean, it doesn't run. Yeah. So. Yeah. But like I said, you know, I that's, shooting that's, abuse, so that's abusing the gun. That's going, you know, that's shooting a lot all day long. Taking it past its, you know, specified yeah, tolerance. Basically. I mean, Cause you're, you're firing it maybe, I don't know, but you could be firing with, with messed up components. Yeah, that's I mean, true. If the gas ring or the, you know, because that is you're, true. You're stripping the, gas away those, from the gas system. Those tolerances do stack. And once it gets a little dirty, it could be that, you know, replacing those components will make it run great even when it's dirty. That right. is true. And that's true with all firearms. Exactly. Everything. Yep. All right. We've got a question here from uh, Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Wait. Mad cushy props. It's Brian. His middle name is Daniel. Oh, right. oh you're, oh, you're going to cut that. Yeah, of course. Because I don't want to mess his name up. Yo, oh, it's okay if I do. <laughs> we've got a question from Brian. Hey, Brian. Mad cushy props and virtual high five. Uh, he was asking us about our uh, everyday carry lights and first aid and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one good, of the things. Good question. One of the things that I did want to talk to him about is that quick clot. It used to carter it cauterizes the wound. Right. It actually causes 140 degree burns. Um, That's why they switched from the powder to, Q-lock, to the. Right? No, 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 no. That's a different brand. But but what I'm going with this though is yeah. that the problem with quick clot was once you had to scrape all that out. Right, but so they switch. They switch from the powder now to a gauze. Right, but here's the thing: is I'm what I'm trying to say is sure. if you still have that stuff, right. this is what you need to know about oh, it. Is it cauterizes that's the true. wound? Yeah, if you still got the old stuff, that's and they true. have to scrape it out at the hospital or wherever. Now this is still, and it immediately starts bleeding again. Exactly, but it's still better than bleeding to death. It is better. You're losing <laughs> your leg, yes. yes. But so I'm saying don't you don't not need to not use it, but you need to know be aware. what it could do. Sure. And there's other things I believe like uh, uh, what is it? is it sea lock? Yeah, there's sea lock powder that yeah. actually uh, causes the blood to coagulate. Yes. And you can still sew somebody up yep. with it inside of them. And the new quick clot that they're issuing to us in the military uh-huh. is a is an actual gauze that you shove into the wound. And these these um, these clotting agents aren't for arterial spurts. Therefore, you know, I've got a chunk taken out. And I'm bleeding from a lot of different smaller. Uh, uh, veins and vasculars and what it, what you have it. Um, so if you if you know if you've got something cut where you're bleeding profusely, obviously you want to go to the tourniquet. Um, but you know it's still good stuff. Uh, I still definitely recommend Quick Clot. Like I said, it's better than bleeding to death, even the old stuff. Uh, but the Sea Locks and the newer Quick Clot are definitely much improved products. All right. Well, his question for this week um, is he says, uh, for the lightweight AR, I'm thinking of doing a lightweight bolt group similar to the Spike Tacticals nickel uh, boron bolt. Bolt carrier. He says, how does the lightweight bolt carrier react to a standard weight buffer? Do I need a lightweight buffer or do I need an adjustable gas block? First off, stay away from adjustable gas blocks if you can. If it's for a serious gun. Yes. Now, if it's a range toy, get the adjustable gas block. They're a blast because you can tune the gun to whatever load you're shooting. Right. You can tune the gun to run like you want it to. So if it's a a game gun, if it's a range toy, yeah, get the adjustable gas block. They're a hoot. I had a buddy who had one. We were able to put in an actual heavier uh, recoil system. In this case, we put a 9mm buffer in the gun, which is very heavy. It's like five-something ounces. So we were able to tune it to shoot very soft and have a very gentle recoil pulse as opposed to your standard carbine recoil pulse. Which is just a little, yeah, it's a a harder strike. So you're able to adjust the amount of recoil felt. Yeah. So if you're going to do, you know, if if you're doing a range I steer away from them because every time I've shot them, I tend to have issues. Sure. Short stroking. And you can have issues. If it's for fun, no big deal. But if you want it for home defense... I would. Yeah, I, would I don't. I don't it. think they're ready for prime time okay, yet. Okay, so we're but in as far as a that, lightweight. So a lightweight group, buffer. I wouldn't mess with a lightweight bolt carrier group or a lightweight buffer unless it's just a toy. If this is a serious use gun, you go with proven components. You go with proven systems that work. So you run like something. You either run an H2 or an H buffer, maybe an H3, but probably an H2 or an H buffer. If you've got a mid-length system, which I would recommend. Because right. you know, um, especially since you're talking about a lightweight AR, mid-length won't 
add any weight at all to it. You can get a six and a quarter midweight. It's about reducing the co- the weights of the other components, the rail, the stock, sure. everything yeah. else, everywhere yeah. else, the scope, like like the the Bro Optic that we're about to yes. post a review on is heavy. Yes. Compared to a Trigicon. Compared to a red dot. Compared, compared to a red to dot. Compared to iron sights. So reduce yes. your weights in other places. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be through the now bolt. If now, if you're going to get extreme, buffer. and like I said, and it's just a toy, and maybe it's a function in how light can I build an AR, right? If you're going to do that, I've seen all sorts of craziness, um, including lightweight bolt carrier groups, lightweight recoil systems. I've seen holes drilled in things like pistol grips and lower receivers and receiver extensions. Kind of like they used to do on old drag cars. And stocks, yeah. Speed you, holes. Yeah, you speed holes. You speed drill holes. out the frame sure. and lighten it up. Yeah, and all that stuff actually works. Is it fun to shoot? Probably not. It's probably awful to shoot because it's so lightweight. And is it uh, is it reliable? No, probably not. It's it, But but if it's a toy, knock yourself out. And, and we want to see pictures of this thing. I want to see how light you can get it. Yeah. Because I've seen some of these things down to five pounds with an optic on it, which is amazing. Yeah, we definitely want to check it out. And if you're ever in the area or we're in the area, we want to shoot it. And I, want, I need to weigh my lightweight build, see what yeah. I'm running. And I need, to weigh, I need to weigh my 22s. And I will do sure. that for you all next week. I will have the numbers and we'll try to run some of the guns that we have and see what we have as weights. His next and final question is he sure. wants to know about uh, CNR, Curios and Relic uh, pistols. Sure. I can't really speak too much on it. I don't know how much uh-huh. you can. If you're really interested in something like that, I would say a great website to go to, uh, well-known as Aim Surplus. They sell a lot of those kind of items. I tell you what, the CNR license is it's a, it's a smart idea if you can get one. And what a CNR license is, is, is that it's a type of FFL or a federal firearms license. But it's not for somebody who wants to buy and sell guns for a living. What a CNR license is, it's a it's a curio and relic, like we said, but it is for collectors. And the ATF has come up with this this nomenclature for people who like to collect guns. And they can buy certain guns that are deemed CNR eligible by the ATF uh, without having to go through an FFL transfer like you would for an AR-15 or for a shotgun, a modern shotgun, things like that. What's great about a CNR license is once an item becomes a certain age – is automatically CNR eligible, which is awesome. So, and I want to say that's 50 years, right? Uh, is that for cars? I think it's 50 years for cars to become CNR? classic. Cars. Anyways, well, you can Google it. Yeah. Let me know. But yeah, let him know. Put him in his place. <laughs> Tell him. So uh, this the CNR. Uh, another thing is that if you see all these collectible guns that some companies come out with, like the John it, Wayne so version. So the thing is, if you're if you see and are interested. Oh, in a lot of wow. these collectible I didn't guns. See that coming. That was... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let that sink in. Yeah. So, like a John Wayne commemorative edition uh, lever action gun, right? CNR eligible. You can buy it. It's a modern gun. The Vietnam era, you know, 38 Super 1911. CNR eligible. So, the, there's uh, especially all these surplus guns, the Mosin Nagants and the uh, Makarov so pistols what about and the, the 1960s. All the old 1911s are CNR eligible. So it's not it, it's from its manufacture date. Yep, manufacture okay. date, which means that uh, with it being, I want to say 50 years, yeah, with it being 50 years, you can pick up some of the older Smith and Wesson wheel guns if you're into that. Some of the early maybe Browning high powers. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff out there that's actually modern and usable that you can get on the CNR sent right to your house. You don't have to do an FFL transfer. So that's, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, and the CNR license is in. inexpensive. Uh, the last time I checked it was like $30. Uh, of course, you have to go through all the – jumping through all the hoops that a normal uh, FFL licensee would, except you don't have to have a storefront, uh, but you have to have a safe and a bound book and those sorts of things. Okay, so uh, last thing we've got here. Sure. Uh, we've got a question from Steve. I thought we blocked him. But don't worry. We're not going to answer it today because it just came in and I haven't even had a chance to read it. So <laughs> I like the teaser. I didn't see that coming. What do you have for us, Scott? I know you've got uh, at least a few stories. Yeah. I have heard, and now this is just rumors and it's unsubstantiated, but I want to get it out there because I like it. So I want to help spread it. That the FBI is switching uh, to 9mm. From? 40 Smith & Wesson. But they helped develop they the 40. They invented that was, the 40. That was yeah, it. basically. They did it. 
Yeah. So, so where is this rumor coming from? What, what rumor? The internet. Is it just smoking? Well, well-placed sources on the internet. Ah. Blogs I've read and uh, well, blogs. So when we, I've wrote, when you wrote a blog, yeah, when you write a blog post yeah. about this, you'll you'll I have a, a, you'll have a well-known source, yes. or you'll have a uh, what a, a highly respected highly source, res- highly that, highly placed sensitive source that can name who cannot it's be like revealed currently. Right. Yeah. Something Me. like that. Yeah. Um, which is you. And yep. you'll just spread it. But no, this is true. This There's a lot of people reporting on this. Yeah. And it's something that I think would yeah, kind of I, stop I and shock the industry. I don't stand by this one like my Glock rumor, right? Uh, my Glock predictions, I stand by 100%. And I bet you come SHOT Show, you're going to see I'm right. But this, this could be pure speculation. I could be full of it. But switching to 9mm makes sense. We've talked about it before. The caliber doesn't really matter. What really matters is shot placement. Once you have... Modern defensive ammunition, or in this case, duty ammunition, in the case of the FBI, then the caliber doesn't matter. So why not go with the smallest, bestest, cheapest? My gun can hold morest, easiest to shootest. That's and too many. When you're talking caliber. about calibers, you're not referring to the 22 long rifle versus the nine millimeter. No, no, you're I'm talking, talking about, about the duty nine mil- Yeah, nine millimeter, forty, nine, and forty-five. Forty. 45, 357 SIG, all of those have about the same performance. The 40 is better, and it's bestest, right? Because the 40 is better through barricades. You know what? That would make sense that they would switch. Um, yeah. Because didn't they just buy like 30 million rounds? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So why not switch? They got to burn them up. Yeah. <laughs> they could sell them to the local PDs with just their MRAPs. Melt them down. What else you got? Oh, let's see. What else you got, Scott? Oh, I've got something here. Now, I just now this has probably been around a while. And those of you uh, who wear tinfoil coated hats, I'd like you to don them at this point in time. Because what I've got is I was I was perusing the internet and I found a case where in Washington State, the Washington State government is compiling an electronic database of people who have purchased handguns Say, and what? handgun purchases, right? Okay. It's technically not registration, which would be illegal. It's technically not registration. It's not registration, but it because is registration. It's, it's a database of sales. Okay. Okay. So if you're going to have a database of sales, you can easily take that database of sales and, and make it a gun registration. And make it a gun registration. Exactly. But. What happens to the people that lost their guns in a boating accident? So the reason I found this out, it doesn't matter. It's 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 registration is what it is. Right. You but, can call it whatever you want. But when you turn around and you sell that gun, you right. I mean, unless that state requires sell Yeah, dogs. do you live in a state that requires a handgun license or, or, or d- doesn't allow private sales? So I found this out uh, because Washington was asking for more money to help populate the database because they were running out and they were getting behind. So they asked for a couple hundred thousand more dollars to do this. Okay. So in researching this, I found out Pennsylvania has the same deal. Now, it's against Pennsylvania state law to have a firearms registration database. Completely illegal in the state. Okay. Okay. So what the Pennsylvania state uh, government has done is compile a list of gun transactions. So they have a gun sales database or gun transaction because I believe in Pennsylvania you cannot uh, – there's no uh, legal way to um, – Sell a firearm. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to say. There's no legal way for you to sell that firearm to your Yeah, you have to go through an FFL, right? As far as handguns, I'm 100% sure of it. On long guns, uh, I'm iffy on that. Somebody from PA chime in on our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. And let us know if we're wrong. And like us. And, and like tell us. tell your friends to like us. And so that log in under your friends' accounts and like us. And like make us too. fake accounts and like us. And go to iTunes and uh, subscribe. That's please. right. Oh, and tell your friends about us. While I'm on the subject, there's we, we only do one kind of advertising. Give us a Christmas gift. Give us a Christmas gift. Tell your friends about us. Give us as a Christmas gift. Yeah. They, Get on your friend's iPod. Give them a and free subscribe to us. Yeah. Tell, yes. Tell them that there is so much information in here that this show Borrow is. They should be paying phone. a million dollars this, a year for this. Seriously, show. we should be getting money for this. Somebody should be paying us. <laughs> no. The um, the only advertisement we do besides the internet is word of mouth. 
So tell your friends yeah, about us. Right now, that is the only yeah. way we're doing it. So tell your friends about us. Tell them about our website, about the cool pictures Martin takes. And the not-so-cool ones are okay. And Some of them. And, you know, they don't have to read all the blog posts, just mine. So, you know. If you want good information, you yeah, read all of them. Just, well, if you want information. At www.thegunshowpodcast.com. There you go. So, uh, where was that? Oh, Pennsylvania de facto gun registration. So, right? So, we've been saying for years as a gun community that it's a slippery slope, right? Right. Registration is dangerous. Uh, databases are dangerous. Uh, writing down who's buying what gun is, to us, counterintuitive to the reason we own guns, which ultimately, because the reason we own guns is because we can, and the reason we can is because we have a Second Amendment, and the reason we have a Second Amendment is to protect us from tyranny, right? So letting the government know who's got the guns and where they are, we've talked about they can't come get them. Right. But on the other hand, we've also seen in the news, especially on the Facebook lately, where New York City New York City is sending out letters to people who own illegal quote unquote now illegal guns under the Safe Act right. saying, Hey, you gotta turn yours in. Yeah, FYI, we know that you purchased this gun, yep. you know, five years ago. Yep. And we just wanted to inform you that if you continue owning this firearm, you're going to be a felon. We've seen California. We've seen them. We now have reasonable suspicion that you own a firearm exactly. that would make you a felon, and we need to come in and check your safe. California is doing that, too. And that's exactly it. I mean, they that it's reasonable suspicion, and that's all that they we've have been, to say We've at this been point. saying for you years. You never turned your gun right. in. And now, you know what? We, we know that you may not have any more 10-round magazines, but we need to come in and we need to check that because yeah. we have reasonable suspicion to believe that you bought it because when it was legal you bought a 15 round magazine exactly now we don't know we, we decided need to 15 rounds was bad and right. we need to come take your though guns. you haven't done anything with your gun for the past 15 years other than shoot paper targets we need to come in and, and check you out we know that there's a second amendment and you have a fundamental civil right to own a gun but we want to come and take them away anyways right so here's the problem. For years and years, the gun people have said registration leads to confiscation, right? Okay. Oh, look, it does. Look at California. Look at New York. We, For years, we've been saying if we let them write this down, they're going to create an electronic database, whether or not you call it registration or whether or not you call it a gun purchase database. The point is moot. It's de facto registration, right? Right. They know who bought what guns from whom. And we don't want everyone – yeah, this is just a little, little tinfoil um, – I tell you what, don't put up with savoring. it. Yeah. Don't, don't put, put up, with, up with this nonsense. Decide. If you're in New York, vote those bums out. If you're in California, get them out of Sacramento. Because, vote them out. Because the faster you do that, the the more time we can talk about guns and accessories and <laughs> items. We don't have to, to let you know what's going on in your state before it's too late. Yeah. Oh, and gift ideas. I tell you what. We do have to finish with gift We're ideas. We're going to talk about gift ideas. people need to know. But I still want to call to arms for, you know what? You may not be able to vote out the bums that are running your state if you're in Colorado. Maybe you can. Some some of you can in Colorado. Are you? I mean, maybe you knows? can in New York. Maybe you can in California. But what you can do is you can do a grassroots movement in your neighborhood to get rid of your, you know, if you got an idiot sheriff who's anti-gun, get rid of him. You can get rid of them. Go out and knock on some you know doors. What? Pass I out think, some flyers. I think Republicans in California need to go out and put flyers out that say, it is known to the state of California that voting for a Democrat is will cause cancer exactly. or birth defects and go. blah, blah, blah. In whatever. the state of California and New York City. It is known. <laughs> so I just want to call to arms to people. Go out. Let's do something about it. I know we talk about voting nationally and we talk about senators and we talk about state representatives and we talk about, you know, governors. But we really can't do a lot about that as a small community of activists because there's not enough of us that care to go out and actually vote the bums out, right? So let's do it locally, all right? And you don't have to be a Republican. I know you said Republican, but you can run you as can, a libertarian you could even locally. A, you could be a Democrat that doesn't believe in losing your gun. Yeah, as long as you get rid of the people that are infringing on your rights. Yeah, you can well, be no a Democrat and still be. think it's okay for someone to not tell you how to live your life every second yeah, of the day. Th that's okay. Yeah. We have a gift guide for the most important women in our lives. Mom. For you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> most important women in my lives, the five-year-old and the ten-year-old, because mm -hmm. that's all I do <laughs> is be the parent. There you go. <clears throat> all right, well. So, cricket rifle. 
for you? <laughs> I like the cricket rifle. Ooh, the new Savage version. Have you seen this? No. Savage I don't now think has I've seen that. a youth single shot 22 bolt action. Check it out. It's really nicely made. Haven't they had one for a while? It's just... yeah, for a couple of years now, but no. no it, it, I haven't seen them on the shelves, and now I'm seeing them on the shelves. Okay, you're starting to see them. Go check out orders. the Savage version. I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head, but go check it out. If you've got a young shooter you want to introduce to shooting, maybe they're stepping up from an air gun, go check those out. Always check out the Keystone Cricket guns. They're great little shooters. Um so those are that's that's a gift idea for the uh, small shooter for the, in your for family. For the little tyke? Yeah. For the new little tyke? The little fella in your family. Yeah. Um, as for maybe the the other sides, like things you can tell people, when you tell people ammo, specify a caliber. And if tell them that if they can get the twenty two long rifle so Instead that you can you? take them shooting. See, oh, yeah. <laughs> you it, can stuff your ammo and their ammo. No, your, their ammo and your you know what I mean. Let them buy the ammo yes. that you will give them to go shooting to go later. Shoot. That's perfect. Um, one thing that there are two little things. I mean, you've got the you've got the the camo clothing or tactical clothing, whatever it is that you like. Uh-huh. You know the pants. Sure. But one thing that a lot of people don't think about is how about a gun belt? I always think about that. I'm always looking for the next gun. Okay, belt. that's you. What yeah. about somebody else that, that wants a that wants a, a gun belt that's going to look last. like a normal belt and last? Yeah, I tell you what. Uh, Check out the Maxpedition gun belt. It's called the Liger. Uh, horrible name. Great belt. Um, it's leather and kydex, right? No, no, no. It, it's who's the it's leather? It's urethane. Ah, okay. It's urethane. But there are other versions of that uh, that are more expensive. But a 511 makes a version, which is really great. So check that out. We all know the 511 brand. Um, uh, Bullard gun leather for gun belts. You know, even. Galco makes a great gun belt. Safari Land. Yeah, check out the gun belt for your significant other. Um, black or brown, whatever color you like to wear. You know, there's nothing beats a good gun belt for carrying a gun with. I tell you what, that's what, if you're carrying a gun, you need a gun belt. I've, I've realized it. And I've realized it. A crappy holster works okay. With a great belt. I'm going to say because... A great holster doesn't work with a crappy belt. Because um, we're guys, we didn't really do a very good job of putting together a gift list. And we asked people at facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast to send theirs in. And since most of them are guys, we got nothing. <laughs> so this is, kind of, this is kind of normal. Sure. But maybe, maybe not, I uh-huh. said the gun belt because I might have wanted one. Oh. You should get one. You know what? Um, check out that bullet gun leather, uh, Alexica, and check out uh, Maxpedition Liger. Great looking belt, I think. I've been wearing it for years, and I'd buy another one in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm.